Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining me today. This is part two on the message, Doing Right When I've Been Done Wrong. You know, no man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. You know, the silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. Now, this is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find out the strength of the German army by fighting it, not by giving in. A man who gives into temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. This is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a sheltered life by always giving in. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. Those are the words of C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. Today, as we look at this subject, we're continuing on, and we've already learned that if I'm going to be one who overcomes temptation, I'm going to have to be one who learns to be consistent in my convictions, regardless of the circumstances. Now, we're looking at the life of Joseph. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 39. And so the first thing that we learned about Joseph is that he didn't give in just when circumstances were tempting him. He was consistent with his convictions. Number two, we learned yesterday that Joseph also was truthful, not excuseful. Now, he could have offered up some of the craziest excuses imaginable as to why he would give in to temptation, but he knew the truth and the truth sets him free. Even though he was uh, falsely accused and incarcerated, he was still set free by the truth. He didn't give up excuses as to why he should give into that temptation. And thirdly, this is what we want to cover today. If you're going to overcome temptation, you've got to be persistent in your resistance. You see, resisting temptation is habit-forming, but so is giving into temptation. It says in Genesis 39 that Potiphar's wife spoke to him. Every day spoke to Joseph, day after day after day. Joseph's doing what he's supposed to do, showing up to work. Day after day, he is being allured, but it says that he refused to go to bed. In John 8, 31, it says, If you abide in my word, then you are truly a disciple of mine, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Joseph was persistent as a migraine in resisting temptation. You know, for nearly 3,000 years, we have eaten bread, but it took the creative efforts of man to revolutionize the way that we eat it. In the early 1900s, there was a young man by the name of Otto Roweder, and he was complaining about the fact that he had to slice bread all the time. And his wife was complaining about the fact that it's time-consuming, and it was even perilous, right? You could cut yourself as you're trying to slice the bread. And so he pondered and says, maybe I could create a machine that would pre-slice bread. Well, he was so moved to create this machine that he sold his business. He had a jewelry business. And he embarked on this long, painful journey to bring his invention to life. In 1916, 
he built his first prototype of a bread slicing machine. It was there in an abandoned warehouse outside of town, and although it was an initial failure, Otto wasn't going to give up. So he went back to his warehouse, and he sketched out hundreds of blueprints. Well, finally, in 1917, a fire breaks out, and all of his blueprints, all of his hard years of work, were burned to ash. Well, by 1927, he had built a new and an improved bread slicing machine. Unfortunately, nobody showed any interest in this five-foot-by-three-foot monstrosity. Finally, after a friend stepped in and, and invested in the project on July 7, 1928, the first loaf of commercially sliced bread was sold. A newspaper ad claimed that the sliced bread was the greatest forward step in the baking industry since sliced bread was wrapped. <laughs> And so now we have that phrase, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. As you think about that, here we have a man who was persistent. He refused to give up. Today, deeming something to be the greatest thing since sliced bread is a testament to the ingenuity and to the decades of determination by Otto. Toiling in his workshop, even in the midst of losing everything through a fire, he refused to give up. Would to God we had such a determination to fight temptation. Listen, it's always going to be presented to you, temptation. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you're going to be facing temptation of one sort or another. But Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then you're truly a disciple of mine. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Be determined to abide in the word of God. And by doing that, then you're truly a disciple of Christ. And then you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Joseph refused to give in to Potiphar's wife's allurement. He persisted to do the right thing. And you know what? As you persistently do the right thing, you will consistently overcome temptation. Well, we've learned three ways that Joseph overcame temptation. First of all, he was consistent. Second of all, he was truthful. He didn't give in to those excuses. Third, he was persistent. And number four, he was one who was an avoider, not a loiter. Let me explain what I mean. He refused to go to bed with her or to even be with her. No loitering. Violators will be persecuted to the fullest extent of the law. It was Martin Luther who said, if your head is made of butter, don't stand near the fire. Now, that's kind of comical, right? If you've got a soft head and it's a butter head, don't get near the fire, it's going to melt. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10, Paul says, anyone who would not work should not eat. Now, Joseph could have avoided going to work, but he didn't. He went to work, but he didn't loiter at work. He didn't just hang out with her. He refused to hang out with her. He refused to go to bed with her, but he still did his work. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan said this about believers who are reluctant to commit themselves wholeheartedly to Christ. When our convictions are yielded to him completely, he is able to give himself to us in all of his fullness. Until that is so, he cannot trust us. 
how true it is that we often miss the joy and the strength of our Christianity. Because by without turning ourselves from Christ, we make it impossible for him to give himself to us in all the fullness of his grace and of his truth. Joseph understood that he couldn't avoid temptation, but he didn't have to loiter around being tempted. Maybe we could get fuller insight by the book of Proverbs, okay? The book of Proverbs is a wonderful book. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you, if you read five Psalms a day, one proverb a day, every day, every month you're going to read through the book of Psalms, every month you're going to read through the book of Proverbs. I have learned a lot of good insight about overcoming temptation by reading this wisdom book called Proverbs. Proverbs 4, 14 through 16 says, Do not set a door on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. Great wisdom advice here. Don't go on that path of the wicked. There's certain places that you don't need to go. There's certain places you need to avoid. Don't travel on that way because there's people that want to bring you into their evil and they're not going to sleep until they get you to fall into this evil. So avoid those places. Proverbs 16, 16 through 18 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. The highway of the upright avoids evil. Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. And then verse 18, we know this verse. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So as you look at these verses, it says, the upright avoid evil because they're walking in humility. And then in the book of Acts, we have some other words of wisdom. Acts 15.39 tells us that we should abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. And here we have Jewish people who are receiving instruction that you are doing well to avoid these things. So we've learned that if we're going to overcome temptation, if we're going to do right, even when we've been done wrong, We've got to be consistent. We've got to be truthful. We've got to be persistent. We've got to be an avoider of evil, not loitering around or hanging around evil. And then number five, be ready to run. If you can't resist, be ready to run. Let's go back to the story of Joseph. Genesis 39, verse 12. It says that she, part of his wife, caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But look what Joseph does. He leaves his cloak in her hand and runs out of the house. Now, notice he didn't get into a tug-of-war match with her. He didn't say, give me that cloak, I'm taking it. You know, that could have set him up for false accusation of abuse. He doesn't hang around. He's ready to run. He knew he couldn't resist it any further. There's no way. I mean, he's being sucked into this thing. And he leaves. You know, I had some great advice that was given to me by a warden. He said, you know, if you ever get into an argument with an inmate, just walk away. You know, you don't have to keep going back and forth and getting the last word. Just walk away. 
They're going to stop talking because there's nobody left to talk to. You know, the Bible says that when we are tempted, we are dragged away by our own evil desires, and we are enticed. We are enticed into that desire that resides within us. And so the best thing to do, if you can't resist it, run from it. And I found that sexual sins should be run from. Don't loiter around and discuss them. Resist them. This is a guy by the name of Justin Armour. He was a rookie wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, and and some of his veteran teammates invited him to a preseason party. Well, Justin went, and he couldn't believe what he saw. He saw gorgeous women everywhere offering free sex to any of the guys who wanted it. He says, it was the most eye-opening experience I've ever had. I had heard about things like this, he said, but I was so naive. He says, I got out of that place as fast as I could. You see, as a Christian single guy, Justin had committed to saving sex for marriage. To do so, he knows that he had to run from that temptation. This is what else he said. I'd rather not have my mind polluted by these things. Once you've been in a couple of situations where there's temptation, you learn how to avoid them and you don't go back. Justin also calls his best friend and his accountability partner. And he says, you need somebody to hold you accountable for walking with Christ. And he says, Steve Stenstrom is my accountability partner. Steve does that for me. He knows everything about my life, good and bad, and there's nothing he won't hold me accountable for. Being a person of integrity. You know, Romans chapter 13, we're told to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul says, make no provision for the flesh in regards to the lust thereof. So we put on Christ, but we don't put on provision for the lust of the flesh. N.T. Wright uses this wonderful illustration to describe how we should avoid sin and embrace the way of Christ. He says, think of an animal, an animal you'd be afraid of, whether it be an angry rhinoceros or a large spider. If you came around a corner and you found yourself facing it, what would you do? run away, of course. Well, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that's how you should feel about temptation. Giving into that lifestyle of greed or or lust or jealousy or injustice or any other sinful patterns. Think about how you'd feel if you saw the person you love the best in this entire world, who you hadn't seen for years, walking down that street. What would you do? Why chase after them, right? Of course, if you haven't seen this person for long, you're going to say, I haven't seen, I want to go see them. You see, that's how you should behave when you think of Jesus and the new life that he is offering to us and to the whole world. Look at it. We're going to avoid dangerous and animals, but when we see somebody that we love, we're going to run to that person and we're going to embrace that person. You see, two things is happening. One is we're resisting temptation, and number two, we're being empowered by the people that we love. Oh, Joseph gives us this wonderful example of how sometimes the best way to avoid temptation 
is to not resist it, but to run from that temptation. Well, here's another way that we can resist temptation and, and how we can do right even when we've been done wrong. And number six is to be God-honoring, not reward-hoping. Let's go back to Genesis 39. We're down to verse number nine. And Joseph says, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? You see, our motivation for resisting temptation must be greater than just an earthly reward. Now, let me repeat that, right? Because so many times we are so hung up on the nasty now and now. Joseph said, I can't sin against God. Our motivation for resisting temptation must be greater than this earthly reward. You know, James tells us that as we go through our lives, there's going to be times where we are going to be tempted. But then he says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Peter tells us that even if we suffer for doing what is right, God is going to reward us for it. He says, so don't worry or don't be afraid of their threats. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, when we're under heavy temptation, we have this allurement of all that the earth has to offer, all the world that has to offer. We've got to have the victory over temptation by looking forward to the reward in the future. You know, there are tuna that are running only 30 miles off of Cape Cod up in Massachusetts, and they are biting. And all you need to catch one is a sharp hook and some bait. And the rewards for doing so are substantial. As a matter of fact, rumor has it that Japanese buyers will pay $50,000 for a nice bluefin. That's why many would-be fishermen are ignoring the Coast Guard's warnings of heading out to sea in small boats. What these new fishermen don't realize is that the problem is not catching the tuna. The problem comes after they've caught it. As a matter of fact, this past fall, a 19-foot boat capsized while doing battle with a tuna. And that very same day, there was a 27-foot boat that suffered the same fate. It was capsized. A few days later, a 28-foot boat was swamped after it hooked a 600-pound tuna. The tuna ended up pulling it under water. What happened to these fishermen? These fishermen underestimated the power of the fish that they were trying to catch. That is what temptation does to us. It takes us by surprise. It looks great on the surface. Only after we hook into it do we discover its strength. It can and will take us down. Listen, if you're going to be successful in overcoming temptation, you got to look beyond the nasty now and now. Be God-honoring, not reward-hoping. Realize your reward is in the future, not here on this earth. 
Joseph says, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Well, as we continue, we've learned a whole lot today about overcoming temptation. We've learned that if we're going to be successful in overcoming temptation, we've got to be living our lives in such a way that we are consistent in our convictions, regardless of the circumstances. We learned, secondly, that we've got to be truthful, not excuseful, realizing that the truth is what is going to set us free, and the enemy is going to offer up all kinds of excuses as to why we should give in. And then we've learned that we've got to be persistent in our resistance. It's not a one and done when it comes to temptation. It is a lifelong battle. And then we've learned that we've also got to be an avoider of temptation not loitering around areas that we will be tempted. And then we learned that we've got to be ready to run, especially when it comes to the sexual sins. Be ready to run if you can't resist. And then number six, we've got to be God-honoring, not hoping, realizing that this is an allurement to give in to sin would be a sin against God. And then number seven, we've got to be humble. I say be humble and you'll never stumble. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. You see, we should be so humble that we actually consider others to be more important than ourselves. You see, humility, somebody says, is like, like underwear. It's essential but it is indecent when it is shown. While Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. The Lord showed him kindness. Oh, I want us to recognize that pride is what makes us stumble. Recognize that God opposes the prideful. You know, it was a long day on Capitol Hill for Senator John Stennis. He was looking forward to a bit of relaxation when he got home. After parking the car, he began to walk toward the front door. Then it happened. Two people came out of the darkness and robbed him and shot him twice. News of the shooting of Senator Stennis, the chairman of the powerful Armed Force Committee, shocked Washington and the nation. For nearly seven hours, Senator Stennis was on the operating table at the Walter Reed Hospital. Less than two hours later, another politician was driving home when he heard about the shooting. He decided to turn his car around and he drove directly to the hospital. In the hospital, he noticed that the staff was was swamped and they couldn't keep up with the incoming calls about the senator's condition. Well, he spotted an unattended switchboard. This senator sat down and voluntarily went to work. He continued taking calls until daylight. Sometime during the the next day, he stood up, stretched, put on his overcoat, and just before leaving, he introduced himself quietly to the operator. I'm Mark Hatfield. Happy to help out. Then Senator Mark Hatfield unobtrusively walked out. The press could hardly handle the story. There seemed to be no way for a conservative Republican to give a liberal Democrat a tip of the hat, let alone spend hours doing a menial task and to be happy to help out. You know, that's humility in action. 
be humble, and you will never stumble. That is one of the secrets to success. Pride comes before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. I want to encourage you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of of His might. Put on that armor of God so that you can resist the wiles of the devil. Listen, people are going to do you wrong. You may as well expect it. But you don't have to do wrong just because you've been done wrong. You can overcome temptation. You can overcome the power of sin. Put your trust completely in Christ. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or in vain conceit. In humility, consider others more important than yourself. I pray today that you have victory. If I can help you in any way, please feel free to shoot me a text message at 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. I'm praying for you and I'm thanking you for being involved in listening to this broadcast. And I want to encourage you that if you need help in any way with prayer, please shoot me a text, 252-267-2365. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Be safe as you're driving home. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.